Hello and welcome back to the Robert A. Heinlein Book Club. And in this episode, I'll be looking at It's Great to Be Back, published in the Saturday Evening Post on July 26, 1947. It's a part of a series of, of stories Heinlein wrote for Saturday Evening Post after World War II when he got back into science fiction writing, started writing novels, put astounding behind him, started making the big books. We presume. Um, I'm really liking these stories. I think I suggested that last time. Um, and this is no exception. There, there might be one or one in this set that I'm not super fond of, but that's kind of outside of genre. Um, this one, as a science fiction story, is just uh, really good. It's good at world building, um, like uh, the Green Hills of Earth. In fact, thematically, this fits really well with the Green Hills of Earth. The Green Hills of Earth is about nostalgia for Earth, but it's a nostalgia, it's like of the blind, right? Riesling is blind. And, and of course, he first wrote Green Hills Earth before he was blinded, but he, the poem evolved over the course of his life until his death even. Um, but a lot of his nostalgia came after he was blinded. And this is explicitly in the text of that story, right? So he stopped being able to see things, and he started to see beauty, uh, greater levels of beauty, in what he couldn't see, right? Um, and in, in Riesling's case, it's literal. In the case of this story, we have people who have nostalgia for Earth, um, and they can't see it because they, they live on the moon, and they're, 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 they're like lunatics, right? That's, that's the name they use. Loonies? Maybe it's loonies. Lunatics, that might be the filth dick um, from Time on a Joint. But anyways, it's the same kind of blindness that comes with, with nostalgia. But both these stories are about nostalgia for Earth. The difference is Riesling never gets back to Earth. Um, he never got to experience Earth. Uh, and even if he did, he'd only experience it partially because he wouldn't be able to see it. But the experiences people have aren't sight dependent for the most part. Although some of them, you know, like the dirt and the scum and... and, and of, of an earth city that that's there but mostly it's just the experiences they have and the conversations they have realize that that nostalgia was misplaced so as an add-on to the green hills of earth and i'm not sure which came out first actually dig up the old story i wrote it on there but it doesn't matter um this is a much more it's a it's a more pessimistic tale about that it's like we almost get the feeling that had Riesling ever returned to earth he'd have the similar experience right of being uh, misunderstood, of being confined, of being frustrated about the, just the way things work. Now, if any of you have had the expat experience, which I have, you you know what this is, right? Where you do ha you do miss home, but when you go home, you find like where the culture that you're living in and the culture of your home are are different. That that tends to be points of frustration for you right now there's some things you might miss family right but um you know having to explain the other culture or having people assume things about you because you're living in that other culture 
Um, or it might be other frustrations, just the annoying things, day-to-day -day things that we don't tend to remember in our, when we're being nostalgic about a place. You have to see them now, right? So anyways, that's where we're at. So we have um, a couple in this story. Plot-wise, let's go to the plot. Let's get to the plot of the story. Um, we have a couple on Luna, in Luna City, and, and they're, we're very clear here, they live in the moon. They don't live on the moon. They live in the moon in Luna City. This is, this is set in the future history series, like Green Hills of Earth. It's definitely the same world as Moon is a Harsh Mistress and that, uh, in those stories. So these people live in the moon. Um, we don't get line marriages here. I guess he thought them up later. Um, we just have a regular couple here. But they decide to go back and they, they leave everything behind because it's too expensive and they're just, but they're, they have made money. They made big money in, in, in Luna, on the moon, in the moon. And now they're coming back to Earth to resettle for good. That's the plan. Um, and they make it and they have to go through a process of getting reacculturated to Earth climate. This is something Heinlein's very aware of. He talked about this in Waldo. Of course, um, that's, that's a major part of that, that story. Um, and I'm sure it'll come up in other stories we're going to be looking at. But anyways, just to get to it, they go back to Earth. And then it's just like disappointment after disappointment, right? Some of it's like cultural. Some of it is in the clothing people wear. A lot of it seems to be based on just the dirtiness of it. Because in the moon, in Luna City... It's all clean and, and cleanly swept because it's 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 a totally artificial construction and that's actually analyzed here you know to, to what degree can we call something like an artificial dwelling right yeah we live in a in everything everything around us is artificial but to a certain degree that's true on earth too right you know even if you live in the woods there might be paths or parking lots in the woods or or your tent, right? You're always going to live in somewhat a, a, a human-modified environment. So that that's an interesting aside here in the conversations they have. But yeah, Earth is just more dirty, more a little more scummy, a little bit off, right? It it doesn't fit their memories of it, it doesn't fit their nostalgia of it. And then the most annoying thing is the people, because you have people who make assumptions about Luna City. Um, make assumptions about them because they lived on in the moon asking weird questions just being overall annoying and, and being not you know people you don't really want to talk to i think i got an example here somewhere I've gotta find it. it's not a very long story a very small print though saturday evening post um well one example i guess is like the assumption that in the moon people are it's a world of scarcity right um but actually it's not they they have a lot of the, the luxuries in fact in some ways life is a lot easier on on luna the entertainment's different it's not like a it is a frontier but it's not presented it's not remembered and talked about by our our couple here as a kind of a horrible frontier uh where life is hard every day it's um it's actually quite pleasant right um, they have access to all the culture they want. They actually have different cultural aspects, uh, different type of entertainments that aren't available on Earth. Um, and then they have other frustrations that they run into. For instance, uh, when they, he has to repair their old house, they don't quite get the Methuselah's uh, 
children treatment where their houses are all taken away but or, or, or taken by others over the over the generations but they have to fix up their house and and they can't because you know materials are expensive and they, they, you're, it's clear that this is something that happens in the moon in the moon if you need a repair it gets done very quickly which makes sense because in the moon if there's a repair needed it's probably really it could even be life or death right it's a serious um, thing but on the earth they're a little more relaxed about it there's scarcity on that's really kind of an irony here is we seem to have more scarcity on earth than in the moon i'm not sure if that's formally his intention but that seemed to be how they feel right which again this is this is like the expat experience too right when you come back to your home country there's certain things that you got used to so for instance like in Taiwan, you have the 7-Elevens everywhere, every block. You have uh, that kind of convenience. There's a lot frustrating in Taiwan, but that's pretty convenient. But when you go to America and you have to walk 20 minutes to get to a gas station to get something, it, it, it's, it's a very different experience and it's a little frustrating, right? So you feel it as kind of scarcity or missing out on something. That, that should be um, taken for granted. In fact, the, our character here it kind of blanches out the man the husband when he finds out he's it's not he's not going to be able to like fix up the house till like you know like six months later or something till the next season he's like how is that even possible i'll just pay it and then it's like no no it's just like there's a shortage of materials um now eventually he meets the wife breaking down um crying which is there's some weird gender assumptions it's not like heinlein to do this he's usually tends to present men and women kind of equally in his works here he does present the woman as the one who kind of emotionally breaks down even though she's kind of ashamed of it and embarrassed by it but she can't handle it she she can't handle settling back on earth and they make the decision to come back to the moon um and they're allowed back they have to go back through like the process get their visas go through the training go through the the gravity stuff and the decontamination and all the processes but they're allowed back and even the like is it their landlord or someone that's like yeah i kept your house i knew you'd be back you know no one ever goes back to earth and then they come back and that that's essentially the story we have here and uh it's great to be back obviously uh it's it's an ironic title um like columbus was a dope is also kind of an ironic title coming out of this period of stories um yeah i think paired up with green hills of earth this is a pretty nice story about about how nostalgia tricks us right and it's presented so romantically in green hills of earth and when you get to this story and in fact these are published together in, in a collection of short stories called The Green Hills of Earth. So if you're reading that collection of short stories, and I think Space Jack is in it, which I'll probably look at next, and some others. Um, when you look at these stories together, you're going to have that experience of, of, of seeing these things together. Maybe that would have been a better way to do this podcast. I don't know. Um, looking at how they were categorized, because I think there's certainly was some thought put into how he published these uh, short story collections. But anyways, this one seems to be thematically pretty unified on that. But in The Green Hills of Earth, the titular story of that collection, 
you have straight up nostalgia in, in the beauty of Earth spreading throughout this vast Earth civilization in the solar system, right? Everyone sort of has that nostalgia for Earth, literally in songs, in the most popular songs of the, of the time by the most popular poet of, of the era, right? But that's very different from the actual experience of coming back back to Earth, right? So Heinlein is kind of making the point here: you really can't go home again. That's not really something that's 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 possible um, when you're fully acculturated into another space. And of course, that's going to be important, I think, in stories like *The Moon Is a Harsh Mistress*, where you literally have like a revolution against Earth, where people lose that emotional tie to their home planet and then actually feel like like natives of of luna right natives of the moon so um i guess that's enough to to kind of introduce what what i think is significant in this story there's a lot of nice wonderful details here the experiences they have the conversations they have some of them are really cringy if you yourself have had this experience of living abroad and coming back home because because you have these same kind of talks with people maybe not the same issues but um but very similar kinds of conversations about it um because you've gotten used to another place way of living but the people you're talking to back home your family and friends they haven't and for you for them it's like an exotic experience and and it kind of comes off, it's kind of weird, it, and, it, and it's a little bit uncomfortable to, to hear sometimes. It's, it's unfortunate, but that's just part of the nature. I guess some people maybe can, can code switch a little bit better than others. I'm not one of those. But anyways, um, yeah, good story. A really, really nice one. Um, so next episode, I'll talk about Space Jockey which is about uh, it's about like an Uber driver essentially um, but I'll, I'll get to that um, next time so anyways uh, that's it for now thanks for listening and I'll see you next time <laughs>